The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Okay. So, um... was making the the case that um the uh contemplation of of mortality can support uh samadhi can th- cut through the noise and clarify what's of value to us and um and today insight into self self the limits of willfulness, the ways in which my my life does not belong entirely to me. And mortality offers uh, us the contemplation, maybe we can say the ego's helplessness, the world that is unresponsive to our willfulness. Tuesday, I think, was futurelessness. Samadhi today, helplessness. What of life is left when the ego is all out of moves? And... Death um, is, in one sense, a kind of the ultimate humbling, uh, but also the source uh, of a great deal of our of our grandiosity. And uh, the sense of of self, <clears throat> sense of self as a kind of hub of control. That's what I was alluding to with the ways in which, you know, the direction of attention, the kind of attentional spotlight can incarnate a congealed sense of self, the sense of like me as the attentional agent, and the sense of controlling the, the attention to the breathing or the body or this or that. And then and then something else in the field that does not depend on us, that does not taste like me. The sense of self is the kind of hub of control. This is um, death obliterates control and throws us off. So one, uh, Gabriel Vasquez. Adulthood um, brings with it the pernicious illusion of control, perhaps even depends on it. I mean the mirage of dominion over our life that allows us to feel like adults, where we associate maturity with autonomy, sovereign right to determine what's going to happen next. Disillusion comes sooner or later, No one who lives long enough can be surprised to find their biography has been molded by distant events, by other people's wills, with little or no participation from our own decisions. 
those long processes that end up running into our life, sometimes to give it the shove it needed, sometimes to blow to smithereens our most splendid plans, tend to be hidden like subterranean currents, like tiny shifts of tectonic plates. When the earthquake finally comes, we invoke the words we've learned to calm ourselves. Accident, fluke, sometimes fate. What is, um, what is our relationship to helplessness? Before we die, we want to develop a relation, a relationship to helplessness. That's Michelle McDonald's language. Often would say, like, develop a relationship with. And sometimes I think a synonym for dukkha, usually translated suffering, a synonym for dukkha is maybe helplessness. And there's almost always some move to make, but our capacity for for, um, for influence creates the illusion of control. And then we come to a place where there's no move to make, and maybe we've not developed a kind of relationship with helplessness. And part of meditation practice is about willingly experiencing helplessness. We call it surrender. Maybe we call it equanimity. And part of why we do this is that um, willfulness obscures certain qualities of the heart-mind. The moment is never perfect when I'm in it. It can feel um, can feel terrible not to be able to do something. Um, it's yeah, it's like the cardinal, you know, an animal. It's like helplessness has got to be the lowest on the list, you know. It can feel so terrible, but then, then of course, there's like so much relief sometimes. Sometimes when we actually just give up on exerting ourselves, on making change, on changing something, someone. And so part of this contemplation of mortality is, is to help us find a way to keep our heart open even amidst powerlessness we're surrendering or clinging or doing nothing left to engineer. 
Mm, Tibetan teacher Dilgo Kensei Rinpoche said something like, um, I don't remember it exactly, but something like at the end of our life, our mind gets very small or very vast. And I for sure have seen both. And sometimes when people are at the end of their life and they have nothing in a sense, nothing left to defend, no territory to defend, nothing really left to fear. The love gets very vast, right? It's like the hatred and the contraction, the tightness is a, is a function of the territoriality, the fear. The Buddha, the Buddha said that, um, you know, we, we usually think about the self as the cause of things, but the Buddha said that it's, it's the effect. The self is the effect of things. The effect of what? To my mind, most centrally, I'd say it's the effect of fear. And part of how we we kind of ensure our safety is by by uh in a sense we orchestrate our survival by by hallucinating self. The self, in a certain sense, feels like the kind of headquarters of my clinging, you know, longing for more fear of an end. And so in our practice, we we can notice like the more safe it feels in meditation, the more deeply the moment feels like refuge the more we can forget ourselves. The more safe we feel, the more we forget ourselves. And then some stimulus frightens us, right? We hear something, we think something, the knee hurts, the da-da. And we like are chased back into the corner of self And so maybe we say self is is maybe partially it's the the effect of fear, but it's also part of what makes death seem so terrifying because um it can feel like we imagine death from the perspective of self or imagining the destruction of the self. And we're, we're in a certain way protecting a phantom. Now, I, I don't think insight into anatta, not self, is like a perfect consolation for death and loss. It's not a perfect consolation and it's imperfection. That's the theme for tomorrow. 
not perfect, but it's very meaningful. It's pretty good. The philosopher, the very famous quote, Derek Parfit, it's difficult to believe that there is no such thing as an all or nothing self, no deep further fact beyond the multitude of small psychological facts that make you who you are. When I believe that my existence was such a further fact, I seemed imprisoned in myself. My life seemed like a glass tunnel through which I was moving faster every year and at the end of which there was darkness. When I changed my view, the walls of my glass tunnel disappeared. I now live in the open air. There is still difference between my life and the lives of other people, but the difference is less. Other people are closer. I'm less concerned about the rest of my life and more concerned about the lives of others. Death and self. Willfulness, surrender. Offer this for your consideration. So, uh, yeah, may we uh, live well today. May we live well. Whatever that means. Um, Yeah, touching to uh, be with you and uh, be uh, swimming in these waters together. So, thank you.